That's a groovy button. What does it say? Episode 3, November 2016. Well, I'm Al Bigley. And I'm Alan Williams. And it's time for uh, a... A brilliant idea. Well? That's what we need. A brilliant idea. Well, where are we going to get that? Mickey. Save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Mickey. Save, Save the, the Texas, Texas Prairie, Prairie Chicken. Chicken. I've got it. I can't think with this bulb hanging over my head. The Texas Prairie Chicken Companion. Is you bad, you dumb? And with that, we welcome you to episode number three, 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 three is a magic number. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. I'm recalling my schoolhouse rock days. We welcome you to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. Number three. Like I said earlier, it's November 2016. Alan, I'm looking at those schoolhouse rock Images in my mind and all those colors are flooding back. The colors <laughs> and the that wild animation. <laughs> As always, I am Al Benny the Book Williams. And this is Al Bigley, also known in these parts as Rob Roy Fingerhead, especially the local constable. Rob Roy Fingerhead. <laughs> As always, well, we are glad that you tuned back in for episode number three. We apologize a little bit for episode number two. We rambled on a little too long and we, we got the message, so... We're going to try to scale it back a little bit this time and try to keep it short and sweet. So uh, some people voted in; they had to uh, they started listening to the podcast and had to shave in the middle of it, or that by the time some of them got done listening to it, they were ready for social security. So that had to say something. So. When some got through the episode, they didn't have to shave anymore. <laughs> I'm sure I'll splice in the drum roll and the uh, the, uh, the rim shot. There you go. Yeah, the rim shot. Can you say rim shot on, on podcasts? Yeah, rim shot. Sure, I knew that you could. I saw a sight that. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> So how have you been, pal of mine? I've been good. We, uh, I took your lead. I have a, uh, a big blue ball microphone, whatever you call it, the blue snowball. That's snowflake. right. Snowflake. So hopefully my voice is even coming through even clearer. I'm even further away from my allergies and my meds and my uh, major and, surgeries. And so you ran out of bat gas, so that helps. No more of that. No more of those funny green pills I've been taking mixed with the yellow pills and the orange liquid, so the colors don't seem as vivid now, but... Uh, I no longer uh, see the the trails anymore, which is good. That's good. And uh, there's only there's only one of you now for this broad podcast, which is a big plus. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of well, it's one of you're seeing three of me. Look at the one in the middle. So, but we <laughs> want to thank you for joining us for the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast, where we ruminate and reminisce about our favorite entertainment entity, the monkeys. Who? Uh, yes, those guys. And we've got a very, uh, uh, the show this evening, we've got one topic we're going to discuss. I've got another remix to play of Al's. Uh, we're going to tell a story, and you guys are going to really like this one because I have a very lost, rare gem to share with you guys today. Oh, it is very rare, yes. Yes, it is. It's absolutely so rare. I didn't even, I, I had to go, I had to go cull this, and there's that word again, cull. I Look had it up. To I had Look to that rem- up in your Funkin' Wagner. That's right. And I had to, uh, I had to uh, pull it off of a cassette and I thank Sharper Image for finally selling me that cassette player that I can convert to digital. Uh, so that's coming up, and we're gonna do a we're gonna talk about the actors in the pilot. And there's one that is related to a name that you will all know and love. So, and we're talking about the monkeys pilot there, correct? Here come the monkeys. Oh. Well, I sure as heck weren't talking about Sully Sullinger. Well, I thought maybe Gilligan's Island or Get Smart or uh, or that other classic. What was it called? That guy in the cape um, with the kid. The kid that, you know, always said, holy... Th- oh, it's Batman. Remember that show? Yes. Yeah, so th- no, I can't. I, I will never be able to do Adam West as good as you. 
Keep doing that. I like that. Try it. No, I prefer Chief, Chief O'Hara. Holy dear. Faith in Bagora, Batman. Chief, it can only be that dastardly prince of puzzlers. The Riddler. Golly gee, Batman. Let's go. <laughs> so the monkey mobile, ba- Robin. Hold on, Robin. <laughs> Haste makes waste. <laughs> All right. Yeah, here we go. We, we, we see this is this is why the last one ran an hour and fifteen minutes it did. because you got me you got me started <laughs> yes, and true. you know how I am. I'll do ten minutes when the refrigerator door opens. But since I've heard that somewhere before, of I don't course know you have. From the Manchester cowboy himself. Thanks, Ringo. All right. Classic rings, classic no, uh, wrong lads. All right. So our topic for this weekend, I'm going to let you. Do you, you eat go. your pizza backwards, Batgirl? I don't know where that came from. Let's just move on. I don't want to think about where it, that it came, came from. from. That commercial that the guys did with with Ringo. Okay, if you say so, yeah, we'll accept that. You know, it's a good thing the viewers can't see me holding this big ball right on my chest like I am. You're looking to get us banned from podcasting, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> All right. So, um, as you guys are hearing this, the Peter and Mickey have finished up the 50th anniversary Good Times tour, at least the U.S. leg, and they'll they'll be in uh, New Zealand and Australia. For those of us who might be listening over there, you guys are going to have a heck of a good time. It is a fantastic show. And, uh, and of course, our good friends over at the Monkey's Live Almanac uh, webpage have consistently said, there's nothing planned for 2017. So that leads me to my question for this week, buddy. Here we go. Are they done touring as the Monkeys? period? Oh, how many times we've said never. How many times we've said this is the end since the 60s onward. 1986 wraps up. This is it. Can't be anything else. 89. 87, 88, 89. Uh, yes, on. the 2000s. Uh, a great tour with Davey, Mickey, and Peter that wrapped up in what, 2011? Yes. And we thought, how can you top this? There's mm-hmm. album cuts they performed. and Think of all the, the LPs and collections we've seen. There, there, there can't be anything left in the vault. We were saying that after Missing Links 1 in 1987. Mm-hmm. Mike will never join. Mike will join. He won't join. He won't do an album. He might do a few, you know, all the times we've said this is it. I've learned one thing, which is, and you can quote me on this, folks. Write this down. Get your pens out. When it comes to the monkeys, never say never. Again. Hey, that sounds like an excellent movie. It's titled for a James Bond movie. Pusher galore. You are trying to get us banned from podcasting on iTunes, aren't you? (laughs) Miss Moneypenny, I'm James Bond. Bond, James Bond, but yeah, uh, uh, we we're, no, we're not doing. I was a teenage monster this week, so it's like um, I don't understand that reference right now. Well, the Richard Keel Jaws thing, James Bond. Oh, oh. the tie-ins, yes, yes. The tie-ins. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we're all about: relatability, my friend. Relatability. Right. All right. I've given this. You a say lot, so. Yeah, and I do say so quite often. Um, I've given this a lot of thought, and to be honest with you, Al, I think this is it. Only because of the fact that Peter's 74, Mickey and Mike are 72. And if you looked at the video from the Pantasia show. I love Mike, that shampoo. I use that every day. Gee, your hair smells terrific. Oh, don't get so close. <laughs> can, you, can you back up just a little bit, please? Oh, wait, your, your ball is getting Don't reach for the bat gas. I'm moving. I'm to moving. my okay. ball. Don't reach for the bat gas. But if you watch the video from the Pantasia show. Mike is starting to... I don't think Mike's aging very well at this point. I think Mike is starting to go downhill a little bit because the prime example that I'll give you is when it came to playing Sunny Girl... Number one, they played medleys. It was basically one song into another into another. I hate medleys. I always have. But 
when you especially when you watch Sunny Girlfriend, you know there's that. Well, on the Pantasia show, Michael's going. They're skipping. He's just playing the chords. Bong, bong, yeah, bong. And then Christian or whoever's playing lead guitar kicks in with the darn Well, do you remember in some of his solo shows? Well, he had the eye problems a few years ago, but he also cited. Am I wrong? Some arthritis. Quite, yeah, I, I thought think he so. cited that. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, these are not young whippersnappers anymore. And we gotta accept that. Mickey is scheduled to do the Flower Power 2017 cruise again. Um, and I'm sure Peter has missed performing with SSB. So I'm not saying that they're not going to tour. But this is what I'd like to see if they're not going to tour together. I would truly like to see one of two things. Mickey put together with Bill Medley because we've discussed the past King for a Day. How that song, just once in my life, shivers up my spine every time I hear it because they sound so good together. And you could package it as Mickey and Medley. Because Mickey would, his vocal range, he would definitely be able to handle the Bobby Hatfield parts. Mm-hmm. But, and, and just spot shows like that. Not a full-blown tour, but every here and, here and there. What I'd really like to see is I'd like to see Mickey do a bunch of solo shows where he performs from Mickey Dolan's Put You to Sleep, Broadway Mickey, Demo I Sell, um, King for a Day, Remember. Because all this, can you imagine hearing him actually doing Sugar Sugar in, in, in concert, just the way he did it on Remember? That would be pretty cool. And people forget he's got those, uh, he's got that pretty considerable body of solo work, too. Absolutely. And it's fairly recent. And not to mention the, the stuff that uh, from Ian Lee that he's done, the 7 A stuff, the, the MGM singles. Back in uh, back in circulation again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm, I'm not expecting them to tour, I'm not expecting Mickey and Peter to tour together as the Monkees next year. Right. I honestly don't expect to see them tour together again because, I mean, Nez gracefully gave up. You know, next, Nez re- retired, even though we're probably going to see him on the road doing the, doing the um, movies of the mind stuff again. Right, something in his uh, But in I think this, is, this, this may be the final swan song because 50 years is, it, I mean, 50 years is a great number to go out on mm-hmm. because nobody... Nobody thought that they would still be touring at 50, no, much less recording new music like Good Times. Right, and even the concerts we got with Mike after Davey's death a few years ago, I thought, there's no way. We never never could have expected any of those things. I, I uh, think and consider your, uh, your points there, and there are very good points, but I'm just a little gun-shy after 40 years now of saying, this is it, and it's not it, and... Uh, that's all. That's all right. that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying right. you're wrong. Well, let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. I'll say I'll believe it if I. See, I'll be. I'll, right. I'll be. I won't be surprised if they do, but I won't be surprised if this is it. Right. So me too. And again, all great, wonderful, logical points. I've just how many times in the past have we said no or this can't be it, and we've all been pleasantly or, surprised. As Nez asked Andrew in 2008, is that it? Right. You can't you can't you can't mind any more stuff out of that. So even but. further back, he was going. There can't there can't yeah. be anything left in the vaults. You guys are like scraping the walls here. All right. Anyway, very interesting, and I'd like to. Uh, I'd be interested in hear what uh, you guys think. So send us your cards and letters. Write uh, your thoughts on the back of a hundred dollar bill and send them to the address we will include 
with this podcast. That's right. All right, there. This is Casey Kasem live in Hollywood, and we're going now to Al Mr. Schneider Bigley, who is the remix Monkey's King. So tell us, Mr. Bigley, what kind of remix have you got for us this week? Well, first of all, did you know that Casey Kasem was also the voice of Robin the Boy Wonder on many 70s cartoons that featured Batman? All right, uh, crickets. Um, You know, Rich Little, I'm sure he loses so much sleep at night worrying about me. Now, this is my remix of Love to Love, which is a great Davy Jones, uh, Monkey's Lost sort of classic song. I remember most of us first heard this in 1982 on the Rhino Monkey Business picture disc LP when Rhino was just sticking their little tootsies into the Monkey's reissue yep. waters. And what made it great, that reissue, I'll, I'll make this quick, is not the fact that they included B-sides and stuff that wasn't part of the usual, here's the same 12 greatest hits again. There was a note on the back for... Each song. Each song, but was it someday... It's nice to be with you. Mm-hmm. And they said, sure, this is your typical Davy Jones slowy, but listen to those strings or something, or we've cleaned this up. And I realized somebody else knows about this music. Hey, it's not just some faceless conglomerate putting out, oh, the monkeys are back on TV in the afternoons, let's put out the same 12 hits with a new cover. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy cow, someone else is paying attention. And they understand there's such a thing as a Davy Jones ballad. Mm-hmm. But yes, Love to Love was included, and they, I think they called it like the hottest guitar lick on a monkey's track, which is debatable now that we have so much more. Well, I'm curious. I, I guess I'll have to go back and look at Andrew's book, but I, I, I'm guessing that would not have been the time that Neil Young was hanging out with Davy. A little too early. Weren't these part of the Kirshner sessions where he really milked Yeah, I, that's right, because of, yes. the fact, yeah, because of the fact that Neil Diamond wrote it, and I think that's the reason that it was included on Good Times. Right. But that was a period where, where Kirshner was uh, asserting himself for one last bit of chest puffing there, and he uh, grabbed Davy and did it. What? She hangs out. This one. Mm, a little bit me, a little bit you, love to love. He got like half a dozen mm-hmm. vocals out of Davy that day. All right, this is my podcast from, I, I guess, around 2010, maybe even earlier, of Love to Love, which I think we got a few different sets of vocals from Rhino for, and I think I wanted to mash up the vocals, but something interesting happened when I did that, and sometimes you have happy accidents, quote-unquote, when you make these remixes, just like in any other art area, and the that little jingly-jangly guitar that's, that continues in parts of the song are suddenly recycled throughout the song, and you hear that happening. I also uh, loved the fade. I extended that fade till it almost becomes a weird kind of funeral march. The, uh, you know, the why do I love you part. Added some things like extra percussion, some extra tambourine, uh, echo here and there, some extra bass. Anyway, I could go on and on, but this comes from a few years ago and I really like it. So here's my remix of Love to Love. Love to love you, baby. Oh. No, 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 no. Yeah, That's this, not Davy Jones. That's Donna Summer. Watch this dance step right here. Watch this thing. See what I do with my leg? Right Ow! Up? Look at that. Damn, that looks painful. Watch me get my leg right up. See? I can actually put it behind my... Okay. Up. Wait. Okay, that, that's right. That's not the right song, is it? Okay. Here's Love to Love by The Monkees. Well, my remix of the song. All right, I'm just going to play it.
boys and girls. It's story time on Monkey's Corner. Was the old the line from Carlisle Wheeling when I poured through the files and taken off my mental shelf? I'm digging deep into here, so I will right. let you go first because mine is is mine is is one of my favorites of all time. Well, this is a memory of a shared experience. One of the few Alan and I have shared that we can actually talk about publicly. Um, little joke there. Hello, crickets. Um, this is what? What year? 2000? 2000. 2000. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is the year of... Remember, we were still getting all the behind-the-music and true Hollywood story, monkey tales, and Daydream Believer, and all those uh, biopics. But we saw Mickey Dolan's live with Coco at a performance in Columbia, South Carolina. Yep. Columbia has uh, used to have it. I know they don't have it anymore. It was a weekend music festival like they used to have here in Charlotte called Spring Fest. Right. They would have multiple locations around downtown Columbia with different acts that performing different things. Now, this was really cool because it was a kids' stage. It was a kids' show. So. Right, that's right. They were angling it for kids. So Mickey and Coco performed a lot of the old nursery rhymes and songs they sang as kids themselves 
growing up in the 40s and 50s, which is kind of a rare treat. Mm-hmm. Both are in great voice. And now I'm sure they threw in a few other more, uh, you know, Mickey's more uh, well-known tunes. Well, they did. They did. Uh, he did I'm a Believer. He did Last Train to Clarksville. He did Pleasant Valley Sunday. Right. Um, but it, in the very beginning, and, and I didn't, uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to spoil my surprise yet, but Okay. Um, but yeah, it was mostly it was mostly kid stuff. It was mostly stuff from um, from Broadway Mickey and from Mickey Don't Put You to Sleep. Right now, Alan and I were there, and uh, one of the uh, more unpleasant things where we had a bit of a light rain coming down, and it was quite chilly. What month was this? Gosh, I want to say I want to say October. Probably, maybe a little later. Yeah, but I mean, it was one of those things where it would be warm in the day and uh, yes. cold and cool at night. So yes. One of the highlights came when Mickey started mentioning, well, I'll let Alan zoom in right here. <laughs> well, it was the funny thing. Um, this was, uh, you and Allison were there. I was there with my ex-wife, and we had another couple of uh, friends of mine that came along right. with us that were that were Monkees fans. So, um, as I told the story in the first episode, um, 1996, the guys came to Charlotte for the 30th anniversary, and they had a, an autograph session at uh, a record store not too far from the venue. Called Media Play. Called Media Play, yes. Um, I miss Media Play. <laughs> me too, me too. Um, all the young kids say, I've got to use the internet to order things and buy things. I can't go, yeah, the book, the, the brick and mortars just doesn't exist anymore. But I still go there, they won't let me in. Well, it's a Harris Teeter now, so it's a grocery store now. Or no, actually, I take it back, it's a fitness, it's a, it's a gym now, so. I say, where can I buy CDs and, and books and they look at me funny. <laughs> but, and, and as I told the story, um, I had presented Mickey with a videotape copy. Those are the big black round things you stick in the thing before uh, DVDs were invented. Too young to remember yes. any of that. But uh, it was a, a, a videotape copy of a movie that he had done, uh, the first movie that his dad did, George Dolan's, after Mickey was born. Dolan's dad did? Yes, Dolan's dad did. He done did that, I guarantee. <laughs> so that led to a year-long or so uh, email uh, friendship between Mickey and I. I wouldn't talk about the show, but I'd ask him about directing and that kind of thing. So, um, Fast forward, and this is up to 97, so fast forward to 2000. Um, he remembers us. He remembers both of us because we, you were at the art show that he was at the day after the, the 96 show. And I gave him that wonderful vintage Blackhawk comic. That's right. And uh, so he remembered us. And uh, so... He came to the point where he, uh, I, I actually, and we don't have the second show because that was even funnier. Um, but we came to the first show, and he asked a, he asked a question because he was getting ready to sing a kids song. Um, and of course, I, there was an interaction between Mickey and I. The other thing that happened in the second show was it, that's when it got really cold because the cold front went through. It was it was pleasant when we got there, but it was colder. So Coco did not come prepared. So I had uh, I loaned her my coat. She wore my coat through the entire second show. And there was another interaction that I wish I had was even funnier. But here is the gem that we have. I managed to pull off of that um, off of that cassette that Al dubbed for me because Al recorded the show that day. Now he does not mention me by name, but Al knows Al can verify this that uh, that it happened. And uh, you'll like the inter- the, action, the interaction between Mickey and I how he how he kind of lets me have it a little bit, but all in fun. And then the song that they performed uh, that we were talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you live in concert from 1980, Columbia, South Carolina, 
Mickey, wait, wait, hold on, 1980? No, 2000. Did I say 1980? Boy, that that mind is the first thing to go with age. I forget what the second one is. But, all right, let me try it again. Take two. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you a true Mickey Dolan's gem. Live and direct from Columbia, South Carolina in 2000, Mickey Dolan's and his sister Coco singing Three Whittle Fitties. I hear the song our mom taught us when we were little. It's one of the songs she learned when she was little. This is really, really old. Anybody heard of Ishka Bibble? Oh, yeah, well, you would. You're just like a trivia weirdo. (laughs) He's not only only heard of Ishka Bibble, he knows him. And the guy's been dead 40 years. This is uh, Three Little Fitties. So, just to clarify this, what you heard, Mickey was talking about somebody being a trivia weirdo. Yeah, you would know it. You would know it. You're one of those trivia weirdos. That was me. Because, unfortunately, and Al can also verify this, I know I have more stuff in my head than the national debt. Alan, so. Alan is actually, in addition to being a former uh, radio uh, maven and an announcer... And uh, Why, thank you, Al. The check will be in the mail tomorrow. From beautiful downtown Burbank. Um and just somebody that, that comes from that world, he's also into old-time radio and serials and comic books and... Uh, Cliffhanger serials, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a real big old-time radio fan. He's yes. one of those weirdos into comic books, folks. <laughs> and, and just things like that. So this is why you're getting so much information on some of the actors from past Monkeys episodes and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So anyway, I've bragged on my partner there. Now back to, back to Alan. <laughs> Thank you, Jet Hinkley. Uh, but yeah. November 21st. 2016. Good evening. This is David Brinkley. Episode 3. Episode 3. Did we mention this is episode 3 of the... And that's the way it is. Oh, you want one? And that's the way it is. Tuesday, November 21st, 2016. This is Walter Cronkite, CBS News. Good night. I've just been handed a bulletin. Alan's contract is not being renewed. (laughs) We wish you well in your future endeavors.
it appears to be legitimate. This podcast has officially run over time. But uh, you can only imagine um, the um, the fun, not only getting railed twi- once, but twice. You got the, railed twice? I got, yes. The, ones, the second one, if you remember, he looked at me. He got ready to say, anybody know Ish Kabibble? Don't raise your hand, Alan. Right. <laughs> we, he not only knows Ish Kabibble, he is Ish Kabibble. <laughs> and I started, I really started to show up at the show in Charlotte and hang, hold up a sign that says, Ish Kabibble lives, but Mickey would have gone, what? But here's the real cool thing. Uh, after the show, Mickey and Peter left rather quickly to get on the bus because I think they had to go to D.C. the next day. That's the story they gave anyway. Yeah, that's the story they gave. Yeah, come back to Uncle Mickey's room and take the last train, ride the last train to Clashville. Yeah, that was a 96 flashback, ladies and gentlemen. So, But Coco was on stage. Coco was picking up some stuff, and I said, Coco, I know you have to go, but do you remember, Do you by chance, do you remember a show in Columbia, 2000, where you were wearing a Looney Tunes jacket that day? Somebody gave you a jacket? Yes, matter of fact, I do. That was me. I was I was a trivia weirdo. She looked at me and went, she gave me that look. Oh, that's so cool. I hadn't, rem- I hadn't thought about that in years. Now, you mean at the recent concert, the recent Yeah, at, the 90, at, at, our, at our concert in May yeah, the, 2016. May 2016. Or like uh, Mickey would say, Dateline Cairo. Sorry, that's, from, that's another 96 Black Bash did a TV show. It's a bomb in 47 degrees on WKRW. <laughs> but that was, that was one of the coolest interactions I've ever had with, uh, with a monkey, e- even though. You know, meeting Davy and, and, and buying dinner for Peter and being able to get up close to him at Louisville. This is the ultimate. This is the ultimate for me. Brown noser. Um, okay, that's uh, now that's good. I was there to witness it, and Mickey. Uh, yeah, it's just one more example of how he interacts with the fans and uh, pays attention too. He, he does. Yeah. Then and now. So we hope you enjoyed that rare treat, that rare audio morsel. Where else are you going to get something like that? Don't answer that. Um. And we have I have another one in the mix that involves I have another one for another show that involves the Manchester Cowboy. Oh, I can't wait! Can you give us any hints at all? Uh, it was taken from a uh, as a matter of fact a CD that you get a, boot, a copy of something that you did. For we me. don't say bootleg. Let's say bootleg here. Um, but it was taken from a 2000 special that he did in Nashville called uh, "Behind the Mixing Board." That's right. That's I know of which you speak. So. This will be something that you guys will not believe either if you haven't heard that. I've heard it and I still don't believe it, but <laughs> we're going to run it anyway in future episodes. That's right. And now that we've thoroughly bored you with Columbia stories, thank you. Now, uh, our last segment of the show for this week is, again, we're going to talk about some of the actors that uh, were involved in the Monkeys TV show in addition to the guys. And this week, we're going to talk about the pilot. Here comes the Monkeys. Now, there weren't a lot of character actors actors that you recognize in that in that show but we're going to talk about the three main characters the four main characters actually Um, the first one I want to talk about is Joe Higgins Joe Higgins was the one that played the bodyguard Uh, he said hey what do you guys want get out of here who is it if they catch us it means life in prison but um, he was actually in three episodes of the monkeys Uh, he also played the masseuse in the uh Find the Monkeys episode. Uh, find the Monkeys audition episode. He was Car- uh, Hubble Benson's uh, masseuse. Wait, wait, wait. So he was. A, so he, wait. You're saying he was misogynist? He, he was a massage therapist. Al. A misogynist, misogynist masseuse? masseuse. Yes, that's easy for you to say. Doctor Masseuse. Doctor Masseuse. Yes. And you said he was in three episodes. He also uh, in the Prince and Popper episode that featured Rodney Bingenheimer. Is he still alive? I'm just curious. I think he is. Okay. I, I think he's going to go. The colors. Forward. The colors. Well, there's a <laughs> there's that number three again. It seems right. to be our number tonight. All right. 
And uh, he played Max, which was the, um, I guess, the bad guy's henchman in that case. On uh, Prince and Prince the Pauper. Prince and Pauper episode. Yes, yes. So. Prince and the Pauper. That's right. Now, um... Pauper. Yes, yeah, so right. No, I'm not doing that one again. I, I, I broke my pee last time that I did that, so... Excellent. painful. Painful. So, uh, Joe Higgins had a career from the early 60s to the late 80s, and there were a couple of things that if you watch Antenna TV, if you watch The Rifleman, which I am a big fan of, uh, he played uh, Nils the Blacksmith on a number of episodes, recurring character. Um... If you're a child of the 70s like you are and a fan of Sid and Marty Croft, you'll remember the show Sidman and the Sea Monster. I said I was a child of the 70s. That does not necessarily mean I was a fan of Sid and Marty Croft. Okay. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. All right. But um, he was the uh, sheriff in the show Sidman and the Sea Monsters, which featured uh, Johnny Whitaker and Billy Barty, one of the great uh, little actors of all time. Mickey Dolan's lookalike Johnny Whitaker, ladies and gentlemen. That's funny. I don't remember, I don't remember Skillethead being a redhead. Well. Right. But the one that stands out to me, and this is going to take, uh, take a, a lot of our first and second generation fans back to the early 70s and early and mid-70s. Um, do you remember the show? Do you remember the, the, the show Electra Woman and Dinah Girl? Oh, do I ever. All right. Well, Dinah Girl. <laughs> Deidre Hall. Deidre Hall played Electra Woman, and Judy Strangis played uh, Dinah Girl. Oh, boy. Now, before Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, Judy Strangis was featured in a, uh, in a series of ads for Dodge. Mm-hmm. Where she played Mean Mary Jean. I had those on a continuous loop in my man cave, right. as mm-hmm. we speak. Um, Joe Higgins was the guy who played the sheriff that was always chasing her. It's kind of like, um, uh, oh Lord, uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane chasing Bo and Luke Duke. You never catch him. The classics. That's right. Um, so you know that was that was Joe Higgins. He was very well, very well known character actor. Did a lot of a lot of commercial work. Now, the man who played Charles Russell, Vanessa Russell's father. Not really a big career. I mean, he did a lot of things. He's, he was basically just a character actor, showed up on Hazel, uh, showed up on Perry Mason a couple of times. Uh, the one movie that uh, stands out in the, what I was researched was a, a ni- early 1960s movie with Fred McMurray, uh, My Three Sons and Flubber fame, uh, Kisses for My President. So that, was, uh, that actor's name was Richard St. John, by the way. Fred McMurray, also Fred- the visual inspiration for Captain Marvel of Shazam fame. That's absolutely right. C.C. Beck did that. So that comic was, books of the 1940s. Um, I learned this from hanging around with comic book geeks like Alan. Yes, indeed. You say geek like it's a bad thing in that case. Geek. Um, the uh, the young lady, Robin uh, Milan, who was Vanessa Russell, um, she had a 20, roughly 18-year career. She had a recurring role on the Patty Duke show, which featured Patty Duke uh, as Patty and Kathy twins, twin cousins. Um, she also did some appearances on Hawaii Five-0, Love American Style, which also a certain Manchester cowboy appeared in at least one episode. That's true. But for the uh, most part, her big role was on the soap opera, the ABC soap opera's Ryan's Hope for a number of years. What years and, are we talking about there? Uh, that Ryan's Hope was in the mid-70s. Okay. So, you know, this was, this was 10 years or so after, the, after her appearance in the pilot. Now... The good, she is still alive, so she is one of my goals to try to get on oh. the show to talk about her role on the pilot. Just score. S C O R E score for the game. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Now he's we, checking his professional announcer notes. That's right. Now we come to the um, to the what what could have been the the biggest, uh, which was the best thing that, that Bob and Bert did was by pulling this character out of this bulk of the show. And you, by that you mean... Rudy the manager. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, 
You mean SJ, right? Yeah, it's absolutely no, no, no. SJ died a violent death somewhere along the line. We we think I don't know where he disappeared to. He probably disappeared into Doctor Strange spell. Skip Dallas. Skip, Skip Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, that, 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 that sounds that's like another, a name in a specific what? type of genre. We're not going to go there. <laughs> that's my uh, alternate name. No, that's somebody from Ryan's Hope, I think. Yeah, all right. Will Skip Douglas fall in love with Mary Jane Lewis? I don't know about Skip Douglas, but what about Skip Dallas? <laughs> I said Skip Dallas? Douglas? Oh, it's late. No, go ahead. No, Al, it, it's Chip Douglas. Chip Douglas. What number is Skip, Skip Dallas. <laughs> what number is Take number 14C. It's just because I'm short. I know. But here's the uh, the actor that played Rudy the manager uh, was an actor by the name of Bing Russell. Now, not only was yes, go ahead. <laughs> You're used to me interrupting constantly. Um, he sees me hold up one finger, and I won't tell you which finger that is. No, it's um, isn't that confusing? Because you have a character named Mr. Russell, mm-hmm. not played by Bing Russell. Yeah. Oh, what's really funny is that Charles Charles Russell is. If you think back to uh, the Nez Tropical Campfires, and we're really weaving here, boy. Oh boy. The, on, one, my favorite song in the album, Laugh Kills Lonesome, was based on a Charles Russell painting in the, in right. the Helena, Montana Museum of Natural, uh, National Art. Famous Western artist. That's right. So, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's almost like six, six degrees of separation for the monkeys these days. Man, but, my, my head, man. That's just right. Like, I'm t- but, I'm, my mind is blown, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was... I just um, got to lay down, man. <laughs> easy, pal. I got to, man. I just got to check out now mm-hmm. for a while. You know, it's like when you talk to kids about, you know, like with the birds and the bees, man. You got all that thing happening with the war, man. You know, you, Al, the violence, we're not man. discussing you the know, birds, the bees, and the it, monkeys. It comes in week. here and it comes on, and the kids, they don't know it. They're, they're innocent. They want to know answers. So you get this whole thing. All right, I'm going to lie to you. You know what You take that. That's pretty good for a... Isn't it? <laughs> what did you call me? I didn't call you anything. You called me something. No, no. All right, but uh, back to Bing. Not to be confused with Bing Crosby either. Um, Bing Russell was a very well-known character actor in the 50s and 60s and early 70s. Um, he was most well-known to me as the sheriff on Big Valley. He was in uh, for the Barkley family. Um, but he did a lot of West. He did The Untouchables, uh, Death Valley Days, The Virginian. But it's his behind-the-scenes contribution to the entertainment world that uh, makes him stand out. If I told you the words Escape from New York, um, Tango and Cash, Goldie Hawn, what's the first name that co- pops to your mind? Wally Cox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a monkey tying on that too, but that's another story for Everything another time. Everything can be tied back to the monkey. That's right. Six degrees of six degrees of separation. That's right. But when I say that, when I say Tango and Cash, mm-hmm. Escape from New York, Goldie Hawn, Goldie Hawn, you think Kurt Russell? That's right. Bing Russell is Kurt Russell's father. Oh, it's, so. it, it goes further than that. Mm-hmm. Many 60s magazines featured Davy posing with a then up-and-coming Disney star back when Disney movies meant the computer wore tennis shoes. and Son of Flubber. Right. That was a Disney movie back then. Uh, Kurt Russell, a young, like, 14-year-old Kurt Russell with Davy being you know, 20 or 21, whatever. Yeah, Kurt was the equivalent to Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster did the same thing. I don't started. I think I thought of Kurt the same way. Well, you know what I mean. But I mean, he had the same kind of career. He was a very, big, very well-known child actor as Jodie yes. Foster was. Yes. So, but very talented. And the thing of it is, Kurt loved his dad so much. He actually had. He actually was in Tango and Cash. Actually, was in Overboard with Goldie Hawn. And the uh, the role that really set him off as an adult, the Elvis miniseries. I remember watching from, that. Uh, Bing was his dad, Vernon Presley. Wow, I had no idea. Yep. So, but yeah. 
Uh, learn something new every day. That's right. To you. And that is your actors from the pilot episode. Here come the monkeys, and I uh, and I won't even mention those two uh, guys, uh, Doctor Turner and uh, I don't. I don't think the interviewer actually gave his name as being Paul Mazursky and uh, Larry Tucker. But Rin Tan Tan, Rin Tan Tan. Now, this is one thing that I didn't realize. Uh, and talking about the pilot, till you showed me on the Blu-ray set. If you notice in the very first scene where the Paul Mazursky is the man on the street, mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention to, to Larry Tucker, you will see Bing Russell and Richard St. John in the crowd. Right. And I didn't realize that for uh, until I went – until you showed me. And I went, wait a minute. That's Rudy and Mr. Russell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I am also so glad they cut out the manager. You can see how they thought at that time. We have to have not just an adult figure – but someone who creates the action. He's going to be the central point, the way Commissioner Gordon is on... Mm-hmm. What's that show again? The guy in the car, and they go down the pole, and they got the, the, the guy in the green <clears throat> tights with the question it, marks. It's, it's that thing, sir. Batman, that's mm-hmm. right. Same thing. And it makes sense story-wise, mm-hmm. but the show would have been so much... would have had such a different tenor. Mm-hmm. With that. It, it, would, it would have been nothing more than just your typical 60s sitcom at the time. Right. And the other thing, it, when we when we watched the uh, the additional screen test footage mm-hmm. that we saw, and they also cut out the scene in the record store where they talk about selling the album. Right. For those of you who grew up in the seventies and were told not to squeeze the Charmin, it's... the actor Dick um, and I can't think of his last name off the top of my head, but the guy who the gentleman who was cast as Mr. Whipple in the Charmin commercials also was involved in the screen tests for the guys. He is the befuddled old. Parent looking for headache music for his sixty eyes. I'm sorry, sir. Could I be of assistance, sir? Is there something I can help you? With? Can I? I'm a typical teenager, sir. That seeing Peter doing that, that cracked me up. So, right. Yeah, but yes, he was neither typical nor teenager, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. One other thing about the pilot that I think I heard was cut from it that I would have loved to have seen is we see the visual gag of um, the man on the street who refuses to help. Um, Doctor uh, Turner. Right, Doctor Turner. He refuses to help the little uh, street. Uh, tussle there. How about you, sir? And he runs away. And of course, the the joke is uh, a little old lady uh, wants payment mm-hmm. to escort. That'll be fifteen cents. Well, she's supposed to appear throughout the pilot whenever there's a street scene, always charging people, and we're always going to go to that scene of her little. Oh, so back. in other words, so they always they always had they had a running gag already in the in the pilot. Okay, right. I, I, I did not know that. Going back to her whenever, like I guess the monkeys are running even through the uh, uh, the country club. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe she helps him across the hallway, and she's there with that money belt. So it's kind of funny. But the other thing, that, and one of the other things that jumps out to me about the pilot is um, when they recut uh, "Let's Dance On," because you can see that it's clearly different. I mean, right. I mean, they're wearing the same outfits, but you can see that it's clearly dubbed in. There. Later footage had to be yeah. uh, was um, needed, so they inserted it. Uh, I know it's knitted, but it's not needed. It's knitted, it's needed. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, what, that's Mr. Art, what, from Mon- Art, Art from Monkey Six. Sorry, Mr. Not What. No, that mis- no, man is name is not Not What. It is Nit Whip. All right, you get these. And and, and Pete as, Digger. All right. And as Sven Hillstrom saying, that's all for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sven Hillstrom and the Rhythm King, Swedish Rhythm King, going. Good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night. Um, one other thing about the pilot, and I'll shut up. Is I never really understood when it was said that it was recut and retested to a higher rating. And I think, thank to Melody Mitchell and other people, and I came to this conclusion on my own thinking about it, if you look at the pilot the way it is now, you've never seen the original 
Oh, I'm sure Bob. I, I'm sure Bob threw the rest of this stuff away. But Andrew, but that to me, that is the penultimate Mount Everest. Uh, yes, the, that, that is the, the that is the Holy Grail. All right, that is that well, is the that is the, the Holy Saka Grail. Sixty eight, yes. I think, uh, is in there too. Um, but but what I'm trying to say is, if you look at that, and yes, they added the screen test to make the monkeys not just more. Well, people were, yeah, what was it? People were, people were thinking Mickey was Davy right. and, and that that kind of. I thing. still can't quite figure out. Without the hat, that's Peter, right? The war hat. No, I, anyway. that's Rudy. Okay, um, it's only been forty five years. From, um, no, it really changes the tenor because not only do you get to know Mike and Davey because only their screen tests were included in the recut pilot, but it makes them more than just those figures. And if you look at that pilot, the monkeys are really social irritants. Mm-hmm. They're kind of a-holes. Now, in the series, they don't behave that way unless they're prodded into that action, usually against people that are preying on other people, which are usually middle-aged business people, mm-hmm. young people. Yeah, smoking a cigar. Young yeah. people. It's going to be great. We're going to do this thing like the Beatles. Yeah, it's going right. to make a... My, my, my daughter right. loves the Beatles stuff. Um, young people, uh, minorities, women, and older people are usually the ones being ripped off in the mm-hmm. series, and the monkeys come to their rescue. Here in the pilot, like even in that first scene on the street, they're just raising Cain almost as a, as a, a jackass type stunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even through... They, they also harass each other in the pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, Davey goes out in the Don't date talk to no strangers, son. Don't forget your rubbers. Um, <laughs> your mother and I have been worried about you for some time now. Uh, I'm sorry. You got to you gotta quit. Because I'll do... Yes. I'll, I'll do lines from the shows all the time. Yes, I do them all when I'm alone. <laughs> it's quite sad. But no, it really changed the, the feel of the show. It did. In the sense, like, you know, they're great guys helping other people as opposed to just these young, long-haired Wisenakers. Yes, they're trying to help Wisenakers. How old am I? Yes, they're trying to help Vanessa pass her tests. That's Weisenheimers. They're Weisenakers. I got all their, their albums. They were like uh, they were like the Hootenanny trio back then. Uh, like Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, my God, have you seen Mary lately? Uh, she's, she's 105, but I swear that his legs are holding up. Like they look like 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 pieces of like liver, but they're on like 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 planks of, of solid steel. It's just amazing. They're strong legs. They're like childbearing legs, even at that age. Not a liver spot among any area there. I've looked closely. She, she's wonderful. She, she, I saw her live in 63 at the, the pier. And, uh, anyway, um, just look at the pilot. The pilot is just, it's a whole different thing. And even when they're at the country club, there's kind of that... Yes, they're being chased. They don't understand they're, they're accepted there. Mr. Russell said yes to their playing. But You've still sold that. out, sir. Your country and your country club. Right. I salute you, Mon Capitan. Um, but they're even raising Kane there almost. And I know they're looking at the Beatles film, especially... Uh, hard Day's Night. For that one. Yeah. I always said the pilot's Hard Day's Night. The series has helped. Yes. But it's interesting to see the changes that were made. And I think that's what did it by adding those screen tests. Is they're not just these... these they're not, just being, they're not just seen as jackasses. Right. Long-haired, interchangeable punks. It's like, okay, these guys have personality. Mm-hmm. There's something more to them. And then once the series starts, it's much more uh, sharply defined. Absolutely. So thank you for that. I learned things I didn't know. Uh, once I woke up from the nap, I learned uh, quite a bit. Yeah, we talked about you quite a bit while you were napping, son. son. I figured. And then you put... The, what would you draw on my forehead? The Sharpie's gone. Anyway, I'm sure it's nothing. <laughs> I'll look later. Once again, we want to thank all our fans. With the, the, the response has been tremendous. We're still learning and growing. We're still trying to improve. Just like any art or artist, we're, we're learning to, uh, to make the product better. 
And like we said before, exciting things are coming. Things I think you can only get here. We're trying to make it not just your typical monkeys podcast, but something that's uh, unique Absolutely. and offers something unique. And that leads me to our teaser for the week. Coming in the such in, a tease. Coming in the next few weeks, uh, we're still working on getting the bugs worked out for setting up to being able to interview. We're going to have our first special guest. Now, um, and thanks to the um, our great friends at the Monkeys Live Almanac website, these are now available for you to peruse. Uh, we talk about Ken Mills being the fod- the podfather of uh, podcasting. Yeah, there's that P again. Podfather. Yeah, that's right. Our, our, our good friend Ken Mills over at the Zilch Podcast, who's done a tremendous job. Yes, he has. But before there were podcasts, there really was only one monkeys-based radio show in the country that was exclusively dedicated to the guys. This takes us back to 87, 88? Late 80s, yes. Late 80s, after Monkey Mania 2.0. Um, so we thought that as an homage to those that came before us, we're going to be interviewing. Uh, this took place at 90.3 FM WBAU, which is uh, the college radio station of Adelphi University. We're going to listen to some smooth jazz later. That's Next right. one's by Dave Brubeck Orchestra. It's a balmy 47 degrees. <laughs> but uh, we decided that we wanted to ha- have one of the godfathers of Monkey Radio. Not Podfather. Not Podfathers, but the original godfather. And joining us in the next few weeks will be Paris Stocktieris, who was one of the co-hosts of the Monkey's Hour, later to be called Headquarters. And we're going to talk about his experiences, um, and he's, I, he, I think he's got some great stories to tell. And if you want to check out, he and his partner, John DeMeo, did this for a couple of years while they were at Adelphi. Um, so check out our good friends, again, over at the Monkey's Live Almanac webpage. There is in the blog section, uh, I believe, at least in the blog section. I think so. Either that or the, the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a link where they have a lot of the the Monkeys Hours down, uh, available for download. And let me tell you something, guys. They talked to everybody. I mean, they, did. they talked to uh, – I saw the, the one that stood out to me was Arch Johnson, who played uh, General – what's his name? In The Chaperone. Right. So, General Vandenberg. General Vandenberg, that's right. And it's like, wow. This is General Dolan's here. So it's like I say, you know, since uh, unfortunately Arch is not with us anymore. However, there is one that is the holy grail for me. What do you mean you don't remember World War II? Oh, oh, it's me you don't remember. My goal is to interview Rosemarie. She's 90, she, she's 93, 94. Have you seen the legs on that, Rosemarie? You are always a Mari Amsterdam fan. What is this, the legs on Rosemarie? She's got muscles like ham hocks. Beautiful, just beautiful. Check, please. <laughs> I used to have a, a, a horse, a thoroughbred. It didn't have muscles like that. Good stock, good breed. Stop horsing around over there, okay? It's like Bing Crosby horse. It still hasn't come in yet. That's an old, old joke. I'm going home to hit my kids. But as always, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we, as again, we've tried to keep this short. Somehow I have the feeling we, we, we failed miserably again. Why are you again, looking but, at me? Uh, I'm so lonely. That's right. I'm so lonely. I want to thank also my own flesh and blood, Dolan Bigley. He's an audio maven. He's a recording genius. He's, he's a wizard. Our, he's you just see his legs. Oh my god! Oh. Um, he set up our recording levels. We should sound much better. Uh, I'm not saying the content's any better. It's going to be easier for you listeners, but at least it sounds audio-wise. We, at least more we better. sound more professional. We sound now. professional. We got our professional microphones. We're doing everything right. Uh, later, we're going to have a big contest. Win Mike Nesmith's tonsils if you can mention exactly how many hairs are on Davy Jones' head. <laughs> 
Oh, it's coming up at seven. Um, no, but I want to thank him. I want to thank Ken Mills, the Zilch podcast. Check them out. Everybody, the guys at yeah. Monkeys Live Almanac, boy, they have beautiful banners over there. Those banners are gorgeous. Take a look at those things. They're just you're oh, going to break your arm petting yourself on the back for that one. Those line. things are just it's just amazing. He's an artistic genius. Absolutely. You know, we talked to the kids today about art and we love and sex and all these things. And kids don't want to know the men. They don't want to read the stuff. What they want to know is about where's love the bet? Yes, they want all that. stuff. Shut him up. As always, we want to direct you. If you want to know more about Al and myself, if you want to know more about the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Podcast, check us out on Facebook. We're not hard to find. Uh, I'll probably end up doing a commercial for this again, so putting my, my wonderful mug up there. Um, but we also, if you don't find us there, you can find us on blogspot.com. Just uh, search uh, Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. And I also want to put in a plug for my broadcast partner, my podcast partner, uh, www.albigley.com. Uh, Al is a tremendous graphic artist, as you can tell. He designed, as, in case you didn't understand, the self, uh, the, the, self-congratulatory. the self-congratulatory stuff. He actually did the banners for the Monkey's Live Almanac page. Self-adulation. That's right. Um, he created Ooh. our logo, and he is an I outstanding did. comic book artist. I love William's work. Even even my Thank best you. friend, who's not even a comic book artist, loves your work. All, so. right. All right, here's your ten bucks. All right, All right. So. just take it. Just take it. But as we always say, listen, uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us again. We're going to do this again. We're going to keep doing it until uh, it I lose my voice or Al throws me out one of the two. So ah. until we see you next time, as always, I'm Alan Benny the Book Williams. And this is Al Bigley down at the local post office. They call me Rob Roy Fingerhead. Rob Roy Fingerhead. Thanks again for listening. We will see you soon. And as always, we remind you to save the Texas Prairie Chicken. That's something.